0: On today's show, why, until just a few weeks ago, did Paralympic athletes earn only one-fifth the amount of money for winning a medal compared to their team USA Olympic counterparts? All Inclusive, a podcast on inclusion, innovation, and social justice with Jay Ruderman. Welcome to All Inclusive, a podcast on inclusion, innovation, and social justice. I'm Jay Rudiman, your host. A few weeks ago, the U.S. Olympic Committee Board finally voted to pay Olympians and Paralympians equally. On today's show, we'll go behind the scenes on what led to this historic decision. Joining me today is Jenny Sitchell. She's a Paralympic silver medalist a four-time world silver medalist. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you. How did you make the transition to becoming a member of the Paralympic
1: team?
2: So that was actually a little bit random, but a little bit of dedication and hard work. I was at a race and happened to Cox, the national team coach, at the time. And after the race, she was like, wow, that was really good. No clue who she was. So it ended up a couple weeks later, I got a call from her saying, hey, you should come try out for the team. And this was in 2010. And so that was when I made my first national team, paranational team.
0: Michael Phelps, the most successful Olympian athlete of all time, told CNN that he practices every single day in the pool for three to six hours. In addition, he spends four to five days working out every week out of the pool. So maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about what is involved in your daily schedule in terms of training for the Paralympics?
2: Yeah, so uh, depending on the time of year, we have our on-seasons and our off-seasons, but generally we train two to three times a day, six days a week, with the seventh day being more of an active recovery. And so those two to three times a day will include going out on the water once or twice for about two hours or so, and then uh, the third time is generally an indoor weight session which encompasses about an hour and a half
0: and how do you do you ever um encounter a stigma that para olympic athletes are not athletes on the same level as olympic athletes
2: absolutely i think every day we think about that And we think about sort of the view that others have of Paralympic athletes as in they're a charity or they're inspirational for even getting up off their couch because they have some type of disability. But in reality, Paralympic athletes are athletes.
0: So can you explain to the audience this issue of equal medal payout?
2: Basically, what was happening was for every... Medal, gold, silver, or bronze that an athlete would earn at the Olympics or Paralympics, the athlete would get some type of medal payout. Paralympians only were getting one fifth of the amount that the Olympians were getting. So the first time I found out about it was back in 2010 when I first made the team. And some of the athletes were talking, there were murmurs about, oh no, we don't get an equal payout because we were talking about 2012. And upcoming Paralympics at the time. And I was like, I don't believe that. You know, the U.S. is so good with kind of equality amongst all different branches of diversity. This can't be a thing. And then come 2016, we win the silver medal, and I find out I'm only getting 3,500.
0: What would an Olympian who won the silver medal in rowing get?
2: I believe they got 15,000.
0: Okay, so when you found that out, what... Was your initial reaction, what was the reaction of your teammates?
2: I think the pretty obvious answer to that is we need to equalize the payout for the medals. So then you go from there and you try to figure out how are we going to accomplish this. So for me, what I tried to do was talk to a lot of people about it and really try to raise awareness So I went to an employee of the Ruderman Family Foundation, which I had been associated with prior to because of a group called Link 20. And together, we took this issue to this Link 20 group, which is a group of younger advocates for the disability community to make sure that people with disabilities are getting their issues answered and having a say in things. So we brought this issue to them and said... Is this something that we should address?
0: And what steps were taken at that point?
2: And so at that point, a letter was sent to the U.S. Olympic Committee, signed by the Link 20 members. And then we were also able to put out a promotional video on social media through Link 20 that got over 200,000 views.
0: And what response did you get from the U.S. Olympic Committee?
2: Initially, we were told that they heard our voices and that this equal medal payout would take a while and there were going to be steps taken, as in uh, levels of payout, increasing the Paralympic payout slowly to eventually equal the Olympic payout. And then uh, I would say a couple weeks ago, we got the news that all of the payouts were going to be the same. I believe I was actually at a World Championships at the time, and I got the news over email.
0: And did you talk to your fellow teammates or other Paralympians?
2: We all were kind of taken aback that it happened so suddenly. And so we went to the other athletes that we were training with at the World Championships and said, hey, we're equal on this front.
0: So let's talk about the impact that this huge win, which happened very quickly, how does that impact society's view of people with disabilities?
2: The Olympics is such a huge part of U.S. culture that when something shifts with the U.S. Olympic Committee, people take notice. By having the public know about this disparity that occurred, and then having the U.S. Olympic Committee fix the disparity, it sends a huge message. To the population.
0: So what about any uh, issues that still need to be tackled?
2: I think right now it's one step at a time. And so I'm really excited about the equal medal payout. I think the next issue that needs to be tackled is the equal media coverage for the Paralympics.
0: And is there, since you're um, a, a member of Link20, is there a plan to, to grow this?
2: There's definitely a plan to grow it and make it this independent entity.
0: And how does someone, let's say someone listening to the show, wants to become an advocate, how do they connect with Link20?
2: So you can go onto the Facebook page, which is a huge part of Link20, at Link20USA, or you can go on email and email advocacy at Link20.org. I encourage everybody to come be a part of Link20, and work together to create a change. And I want everybody to know that if you have any questions about the Paralympic community, about the Olympic community, about disability advocacy or rights, please feel free to reach out and feel free to ask on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is at J S I C H R O C K I N.
0: I commend you on this on this huge victory.
2: Thank you very much, Jay
0: listening to All Inclusive with Jay Ruderman. You can learn more. View the show notes and transcripts at RudermanFoundation.org slash all inclusive. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you are listening. Joining us now is Mayor Zimmerman, the Advocacy Coordinator at the Ruderman Family Foundation. First of all, Mayor, what Link LING20? What does it stand for?
1: The idea behind Link20 is really to create a grassroots social justice movement around disability inclusion. Link20 is made up of hundreds of young advocates with and without disabilities that are passionate about social justice, they're passionate about disability inclusion, and they're looking to create change within their community on a national scale and on a global scale.
0: So, Mayor, what were your first thoughts when Jenny brought this issue of the disparity in in metal payouts to Link
1: 20? I couldn't believe it. Uh, It was such a disparity, and it really speaks akin to the value that I think even the government sees people with disability, how they value them. Um, We initially... Saw this as a major issue, but we didn't want to decide whether or not it was a project for Link20 without asking Link20's network. So we sent an email to the entire Link20 network, to several hundred advocates around the U.S., and we wrote, this is the issue. Uh, What do you guys think about it? And there was an outpouring of support for Jenny and other Paralympic athletes and people really thought that this issue didn't just speak to the pay disparity, but it also spoke to a lack of value of people with disabilities in general. The Paralympics is a third most watched sporting event in the world after the FIFA World Cup and after the Olympics. So it is globally one of the largest sporting events, yet we don't value Team USA athletes as much as the other athletes. So we organized together as a group of advocates in writing a letter to the United States Olympic Committee. uh, We addressed it to the chair of that committee, Larry Prost, and we sent that letter to him. We actually created two videos and we pushed it on social media. In the first week, we had over 250,000 views. It was shared widely and really helped create awareness around this issue. Uh, We then continued to follow up with the USOC Uh, the United States Olympic Committee. Uh, As Jenny said, it was around the time of Worlds um, that we got news through the grapevine. It wasn't official yet, but they were coming up for a vote and they didn't just change it. They retroactively went back to the last Paralympic Games in South Korea and they're going to be giving equal pay to all those athletes. I think it's uh, over $1.2 million that's being added to the payout to those athletes.
0: What are other similar advocacy um, responses that that are that are in the making um, that Link20 is looking at right now.
1: The most recent thing that we're working on is uh, there was recently uh, a story that was brought to our attention. Uh, Justin Gallows, an athlete with cerebral palsy, he's a runner for the Oregon Ducks, a college team. And he was signed by Nike as, uh, as their first athlete with cerebral palsy to be signed by Nike to a promotional deal. And in the video they released, uh, they wrote that Justin suffers from cerebral palsy. And this story was one of the most widely reported stories in the past couple of days in the entire U.S. It's, you know, it's got that inspiration vibe. And what we really feel was an in- you know needs to change here and what the link 20 members rallied around this is the biggest response we've ever had from link 20 advocates on trying to change things is they wanted to change the wording in that video from suffers from to has justin has cerebral palsy he doesn't suffer from cerebral palsy and i think it's really important to understand that i don't think it's just about changing it in this one story i think we're hoping that by making noise and creating awareness around this issue, that in future whenever a news publication or whenever a production company or whenever a media outlet is reporting on a person with disability, that they check and they make sure to use the right language. Link20 as a whole is creating a video and we're also writing a letter directly that we're gonna give to the production company Nike and we're, we're asking them to create change and to change the language in the video currently and to also consider having a conversation with us about language in general. The impact of this is that in the future when Nike and other companies like Nike are looking to create media around people with disabilities, that they really talk to the disability community because that's the missing piece.
0: It's so important. I just uh, recently gave an interview to Forbes uh, about the same issue, but members of the media are just like the general public. Historically, people with disabilities are looked at as inferior and suffering or uh, deserving pity. It's a a whole education process that has to be done with the media in addition to the general public. But what's the next thing for Link20?
1: Link20 is working to be able to rally behind somebody who brings us an issue that we all agree is an issue. Working on how we can respond to that in a concise and in an impactful way so that we can hopefully create change uh, in the public perception. Uh, One of our big projects coming up is the MIT leadership course. It's called Leadership in the Digital Age. We partnered with MIT. And the ultimate goal of that is to create influencers, people with disabilities that can be on social media helping create change, change public perception. And they're part of Link20 so that they can use the platform and resources we have to create change. And that's ultimately what's next, hopefully creating a difference.
0: So thanks, Mayor. I appreciate your passion and your dedication, and your desire to uh, be a change agent. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, and thank you for supporting Link20.
0: All Inclusive is a production of the Ruderman Family Foundation. Our key mission is the full inclusion of people with disabilities in all aspects of society. You can find All Inclusive on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. To view the show notes, transcripts, or to learn more, go to rudermanfoundation.org slash all inclusive. Have an idea for a podcast? Be sure to tweet at J. Ruderman.